This podcast has been brought to you by the students of Communication Management and Policy. Welcome back to Borak Policy and hello to new listeners. This is your host Sayratul and co-host Siti Hajar. We are from MC248 batch 2022-2023. I hope everyone's doing great and I'm excited for today's episode. Me too. For the past few weeks, we have discussed about Itaewon crowd crash issues, about the policy and peaceful assembly act. However, in the last episode, we will discuss safety and survival tips. Right, Atul? Yes. For this episode, we will discuss the safety measure during mass gatherings. In the previous episode, we'll, we talked about the tragedy that happened and I believe it's quite traumatic for people out there when they saw these videos on the internet. Indirectly, they impact the impact on the victims can be felt by the people who have seen the videos. Oh yes, we do have an expert in this situation to help us analyze and understand more about how to survive during or avoid the crowd crush. Here is a little bit background of our speaker for today, Mr. Muhammad Afiq bin Hassan. He is a doctor from Sultan Ahmad Shah Medical Center Elias IIUM. From April 2017 to February 2018, Dr. Afiq worked as a house officer at Hospital Kuala Lumpur after serving as a research assistant in the medical field from October 2017 to December 2020, becoming a medical officer in the emergency department at Hospital Kuala Lumpur and has continued his career as a medical officer in the emergency department at Sultan Ahmad Shah Medical Center Elias IIUM since January 2021. Welcome Dr. Afiq. Thank you for joining us. How are you today? I thank you. I'm fine. Thank you for inviting me as well. Alright. Alright. As we mentioned before, nowadays there are a lot of public gatherings. So, I would like to ask if Dr. Afik, do you have any advice for our listeners who are keen to join public gatherings? Public gatherings are some things that you know we want to go, like to go. For example, uh, maybe like talks or on commutes or uh, maybe concerts and uh, things like that. So um, recent events, especially in uh, in uh, Korea, in Taiwan, and also before that, I think it was a crowd crash happened in uh, Indonesia in the stadium. We some of us are traumatized with uh, some of the videos that we have seen, and so I think number one is the organizer. Okay, if you look at the organizer and have a, is professional in uh, handling uh, the crowd, number one to prevent uh, such incidents from happening. Number two is uh, self-awareness. Sometimes uh, when you look at the crowd or during the gatherings, uh, you might have some of idea of, oh, uh, I think there's going to be too many people. Maybe I should back out or anticipate uh, some other things to happen. Really good advice. I hope everyone is aware of these issues because it can be prevented. However, 
what if somehow we are trapped in a crowd crash or stampede? Do we have any survival steps during this emergency incident that we could keep in mind? I think once uh, you've come to a point where it's so crowded that uh, you might not be able to move, mm-hmm. um, you have to take uh, some steps to uh, prevent yourself from or literally being crushed. So I think that uh, number one is uh, to you during a crowd crush, means that the crowd is so dense, there's so too many people to the point you can't even move. So some experts explain this, uh, the crowd as being as fluid. When the crowd moves to the left, automatically you're going to move to the left. If it moves out, uh, in front, then you're going to move front, uh, to the back, to the back. So usually you don't have any movement to, 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 to move at your own free will. So sometimes when you feel like there's going to be too many people uh, someone's touching you from the back and behind, from your left and right, then you need to take some to let your nut crack. So one of the things that you can do is, you know, put your uh, hands in front of you, uh, like a boxer does, uh, so that you have some space uh, between you and your chest. And then the second thing is, uh, try to move, try to stand up, don't uh, make yourself uh, fall down. And also to do that, you have to uh, kind of go with the flow. Don't resist the crowd uh, to prevent yourself from uh, falling down. Because once you fall down, others will collapse on you and then it's going to be something of uh, kind of a domino effect. Mm-hmm. And the first step uh, means that when you uh, put your hands in front of your chest and there's some space in front of you, hopefully uh, uh, it won't have the, the, the thing is that uh, when you have the time to do that, uh, besides uh, your hands are down and then you don't have the space, so it prevents you from being crushed. Yeah, I agree with uh, Dr. Afik. I also read several steps where you need to stay on your feet. You need to keep your energy and you can fight to run from the crowd crash. Yes, and make sure to always stay hydrated. This will help to keep alive and energetic. As we all know, a Taiwan case is an incident we never expect. The community has been helping the victims by giving them medical care. They tried to help as much as they could. It breaks people's heart to see the victims' injuries and some of them are in critical condition, which is why we need to assist them with medical care. So media plays an important role to create awareness and also advocating the public, especially related to health and safety. Could you share your opinion or suggestion for the media to educate the public regarding these matters? So sometimes uh, whenever uh, these events happen, they, they happen actually uh, not that often, uh, quite rare, but not that uncommon as well actually. So, whenever these events happen, uh, you know, when something gets viral, then that's the time or the opportunity for the media and also other experts to, you know, spread the knowledge and also the their awareness. And also maybe, um, you know, when there's, a, you know, there's going to be uh, crowds or public gatherings, I think that's also uh, the time where 
uh, the media or actually um, the organizers maybe uh, share some tips or what to do and what not to do. Wow, that was a very insightful answer, Dr. Afiq. I read and did some research regarding crowd crash and stampede incident. In your opinion, do you think we can relate this incident to Act 342 Prevention and Control of Infectious Diseases? For example, CPR procedure, the mouth-to-mouth, should not be performed during the incident because it could transmit any viruses or diseases. So I think uh, uh, the Act uh, 342 yeah. uh, is uh, I think mostly about uh, the prevention of the importation of infectious uh, diseases and also the control of the spread of infectious um, diseases. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, some uh, diseases can be, uh, some diseases are actually uh, notifiable under uh, this act. I think the the, the, the most uh, thing that we're worried about is uh, COVID, right? So yes, uh, it's true. CPR can uh, can cause the spread of uh, infectious diseases, but uh, the act of performing CPR. Uh, actually, does not uh under this Act three four two means that uh, form CPR. Uh, uh, I don't think it has is related to this Act. Mm-hmm. But uh, saying that, um, I think there's a valid reason uh, of some of us that we know that the um. The victims are not responsive, and we have to do CPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something called hands-only CPR. Sometimes uh, we educate the public or we advocate hands-only CPR, but we know that uh, who wants to do CPR are a stranger, uh, which may have some diseases that we want we won't want to contract, unless of course uh, it's someone that we know, like our family members. And the other thing is sometimes uh, the mouth and mouth technique, not many know the, the correct technique. So uh, pushing uh, the chest is the only thing that they know of. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is such thing called as hands-only CPR. Means that you can only do, you can do CPR without mouth to mouth. Alright, understand. So as we know, Malaysia is already in an endemic phase uh, where a lot of events will happen physically. So, in your opinion, Dr. Afiq, how to educate people about crowd crash and stampede incidents? And how to exactly estimate the crowd density? Number one is uh, crowd crash happens uh, not because of the size of the crowd, mm-hmm. but because of the crowd density as it mentioned. So, when the crowd density exceeds, uh, uh, if you read four or some say five people per square meter, then uh, that increases uh, the risk for a car crash to happen. So, this uh, is uh, uh, similar to the, the previous thing. If you feel like the crowd uh, is get uh, is getting too big, then you might want to move yourself out from that. And number two is. Uh, Number two is uh, for the organizers to to uh, have proper planning because uh, crowd crush can be prevented uh, just by having a simple crowd uh, management. 
And then number three is uh, the the people or uh, the people who are in the gathering to not worsen the the uh, the crowd means that uh, don't go pushing other people, don't go uh, causing a uh, panic. And if you do get yourself uh, being stuck in a crowd, uh, and don't follow, don't forget to follow the steps of uh, uh, try to having some space within yourself. Uh, keep it upright, try to stand up and also like uh, conserve your energy Alright Ah, I see I think not only can we get new knowledge but so does our listener So, to those who tune in don't forget to make us to these tips, okay? Alright, last question In your view how does the medical staff manage these situations? in terms of the procedures and handling the victims? Um, so usually, uh, what the medical personnel do is, is the aftermath, is what happens after the crowd crash usually. Mm-hmm. When uh, we get a call and we need to respond uh, to the event. So usually during the event, uh, we have the police, maybe the the, the uh, Rela people. We have uh, they might also have some knowledge on uh, uh, having the becoming the first responder or providing providing uh, basic life support. So anyhow, um, the steps are um, usually if you want to see if uh, someone has a response or not. All right. You usually get the response uh, by uh, tactile stimulation. Uh, you 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 tap your shoulders and also uh, through verbal stimulation as well. You shout, uh, "Hello, hello, sir, are you okay?" So if there's uh, but before that, you need to make sure that you yourself are not in danger. Mm-hmm. So once you make sure that you yourself is not in danger, the scene is safe, then only you can go uh, and respond to the victim and to try to get their response. If the, 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 the victim is not responding, is not saying anything, is not moving, then you have to shout for help and call 999. Uh, and also get what we call an AED, is an Automated External Defibrillator. So once uh, you shout for help, you call 999, then you can proceed to performing CPR um, until help arrives. Alright. So, thank you so much, Dr. Afik, for joining us today. We appreciate it. A lot of content has been discussed, particularly about safety, health, and legality. We hope that everyone can learn something from all the content that has been discussed. That's right. I also hope that what is talked about here can equip everyone with new knowledge. By the way, today is our last episode for Borak Policy. Seriously? Time passed so quickly, I feel like we still have more discussions. I would like to thank everyone who listened to our podcast, our guests who are willing to spend time, our team members who have worked hard for this podcast, and not to forget our lecturer, Dr. Yus, who has always supported and guided us from behind. Thank you so much and bye-bye.